0: Good evening. This is Christopher Bilbury, your host of Perception is Reality, with a special look tonight at four of your candidates for mayor of Muncie. The candidates we're going to be looking at tonight are four Democrats, and how they interact together on a single stage, answering questions put together by... The Ball State College Democrats. Tonight, Tuesday, April 9th, 2019, four of the nine candidates for mayor, all Democrats, participated in a forum put on by Ball State University and the College Democrats. I sat down with three of the four candidates in the last couple weeks. I want to take a look at how they interact, how they carry on on stage and in front of a larger audience. And I want us to be able to look at that and compare and contrast how they acted tonight compared to how they acted in their one-on-one interviews when they sit down with me. Now, over the next couple days, maybe the next week, I'm going to do my best to get the Republicans in the same situation so we can take a look at them. But tonight we'll be looking at Democrat candidates Andrew Dale, David Smith, Saul Riley, and yes, Terry Bailey was on stage tonight. Now she did not sit down with me, however, she did speak on stage tonight. And be careful to take a close listen to what she has to say during her answers. I think it's going to be extremely interesting, and I ask you to take this journey with me as we listen to them during the Ball State University-produced Candidates Forum that was held earlier tonight. Thank you for joining me, and we'll get into it now.
1: So, Mr. Daley.
2: All right. Well, good evening. I want to thank uh, the BSU Democrats. I want to thank Chad for moderating. Uh, you know, we don't have many of these opportunities. We've had forums, but we don't typically get debates. Uh, and so I welcome that. I know uh, others here welcome that opportunity as well. Uh, that needs to be said. Uh, I'm running for mayor because over the last several years I've heard concerns about our community. Uh, I've heard concerns about uh, the lack of progress, moving towards larger vision, larger plans. I've heard people very concerned uh, about some of the ethical concerns that have come from our city government. Uh, But I've heard a lot of concerns about just the ability to commune together and to move forward. And that is very disconcerting to me. And I'm all about larger plans, bigger visions, and thinking about Muncie many, many years out and planning. Um, I'm concerned with the fact that 50% of people own their homes in this community when the state average is 70%. Uh, That's a significant decrease. I'm concerned with the fact that since 2007, the Great Recession, that the standard of living for most people in this country and most people in this state uh, have benefited from a 12% standard of living increase while Muncie has suffered from a 7% decrease. That's a 19% gap in the quality of lives. Very concerned about that. Um, And again, I'm concerned about the lack of planning. Now, my great-grandfather was mayor of Muncie in the 1930s. He fought the Ku Klux Klan. He was a newspaper individual. Um, He fought corruption, municipal corruption. Um, And uh, my great-uncle was his controller, and eventually, in the 1950s, was also the mayor of Muncie as well, and his name was Lester Holloway. I think you could say that uh, altruism serving is in our blood, and I think the type of service is servant leadership, which I think is very important when it comes to leadership styles. In the 1990s, I was community development director for the city of Muncie under David Dominic and Dan Cannon. Uh, I then went out to York, Pennsylvania and was the community affairs director as well as the director of economic development for four years under the Charlie Robinson administration. Um, uh, We have a lot to be thankful for in this community, but we have a lot of concerns. We have serious issues that we need to Climb out of and it's going to not take five, ten years. But we're looking at a 20, 40 year proposition to get Muncie where it should be. So I'm all about planning, uh, and I'm all about the future for our children's children. Um, my campaign uh, uh, theme is turning the page together, and our platform is based on accountable leadership, thriving neighborhoods, and economic growth. Thank you. Thank you,
3: Mr. Smith. Thank you. My name is David Smith. Thank you for inviting me out tonight. And I'm just gonna come out and just take who I am, I'm Dave. I don't write a speech, I don't go by anything. I just come and talk to you from the heart, and that's me. I was born and raised here in Muncie. Uh, graduated from Northside High School, attended Indian Wesleyan University, graduated there. And for my career, I spent 20 years with the Indiana State Police Department. On the Indiana State Police Department, <coughs> I specialize in political political corruption investigations, insurance fraud investigations, bank fraud investigations, and security investments investigations. And I'm just going to come back to the point here. Our main issue here in Muncie is the corruption. We cannot do anything as a city until we take the corruption head on. We can't grow jobs. We can't fix your potholes. We can't do anything because the corruption has it all choked off. And that's just a fact. It's not a perception. It's been proven. The FBI has been here, we have a man in jail right now that stole $1.2 million of your tax money. So let's face it, let's stop turning our heads. It's time to stand up and take it head on. We cannot grow as a city. We have all these wonderful plans for economic development, things for our kids, things for our schools, things for parks, things for the homeless, everything. But all of that keeps circling back around to corruption. And that's my main drive for my platform. I have to take out the corruption. Notice I said take it out, we have to eliminate it. And at the same time, build our economic growth. I'm the only candidate on the Democrat Party and the Republican Party with the training, knowledge, and experience to do it. That's my platform. That's what I'm building off of. We have to come together as a community to take (laughs) care of this issue so we can grow and do other things.
4: Good evening, Dr. Chad. Ball State students and staff and community members. I am Terry Whit Bailey, and I also am running for mayor for the city of Muncie. And this is probably the opportunity of the time to share a little bit about myself, because there will be other questions later that will be more specific. Uh, my first job out of graduate school was right here at Ball State University. I taught in the College of Applied Sciences and Technology for three years. I was a faculty advisor of the Black Student Association and the faculty advisor over the Miss Unity pageant um, and received uh, two outstanding faculty advisor awards two of the three years I was here. Went on to uh, teach at Chicago State University for seven years. Married my husband. We came back in 1997 and I worked in administration. I worked for uh, President John Worthen. The Worthen Arena is named after him and President Blaine Brownell. And the last job that I had in the president's office was the chief of staff position, director of executive staff and administrative affairs. So I oversaw the president's office and the president's residence. And really had an opportunity to see what happens at a university. My responsibility was those consoles that are right over there. We were in charge of putting all of the IT consoles into every classroom. And the Art and Journalism building was my building, and I was responsible as the interim director of information technology of doing that. So I've had a lot of experience at Ball State, and most of you here are connected to Ball State University, and I appreciate you being here this evening. My degrees are from Rutgers University in New Jersey, UCLA. Um, I did some graduate work at Harvard University, and I have my doctorate in ministry studies from Newburgh Theological Seminary and the College of the Bible. I currently work for the city of Muncie and I'm usually the first person that speaks with the last name Bailey and what I need to share with you tonight and I need to share it with you now is that there is an inference always of the term corruption the term corruption comes up often I am NOT a corrupt person I live in Muncie I go to church in Muncie my kids went to the Muncie community schools I worked for a university, I worked for a major nonprofit, and in none of those instances was I convicted or was an inference of corruption. Yes, there are people that did corrupt things. Those people are in prison now. And there may be other people that have problems that need to be taken care of. I'm not one of those people. But I'm excited to be able to move this community forward and that's the the direction that I plan to move Muncie as your next mayor of the city of Muncie. Thank you.
5: Thank you and thank you for inviting me tonight. Uh, I'm Saul Riley and I too am also running for mayor, Uh, otherwise we wouldn't be here. (laughs) Um, But one of the main issues that Muncie has is trust. the People don't trust the government anymore. Now, one of the main reasons is the corruption and the mismanagement. And that's one of the main things that my administration will take care of. I'm going to get a commission together to look into all the corruption, the corruption that's suspected or not suspected, Make sure that it's, it's not. If it is, it's gone. Okay, But um, we got a lot of other issues besides just corruption. You know, we got to get these roads fixed you know, in a more timely manner. I mean, taking a year to do it? <laughs> no. It usually gets done around election time. If you notice, that's what they are out there working on now. You see a lot of different uh, places um, being worked. We also need a treatment center here in Muncie to um, help the addicts and um, help the families of the addicts. And that will also help with our problem with jail and our problem with the homeless, because a lot of our homeless out there are addicts. But um oh, anyway. <laughs> My mind goes blank, so if you have any questions, I'll shut them now.
2: <laughs> all right, the first
1: question, 30 seconds rebuttal after, after all the questions as opposed to the 30 minutes I tried to invoke. Um, first question will go to Mr. Smith. We'll go down to my left, everyone else's right. And then come back to Mr. Dale, and, and we'll proceed in that manner. So the first question is about infrastructure. Um, there is some questions about um, infrastructure in Muncie, and you know, as mayor of Muncie, what are some of the things that you could do to, to improve infrastructure um, in Muncie, especially the, the potholes uh, that have been discussed? Of course, now it's a beautiful spring, break, so spring day, so hopefully, you know, that will that will cease to be a problem at least for a little while. But anyway, so infrastructure.
3: Infrastructure potholes. (laughs) I don't know a street in Muncie that doesn't have potholes. Can anyone here, name one for me. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. That doesn't have some kind of a pothole.
1: Washington. Street, because they're working
3: on it. Okay. (laughs) But there might be a few, but we have a lot of potholes here in Muncie. Uh, One thing I will look at is one is, what is our our budget uh, that we can address this issue? And whatever we don't have, then naturally, I would look for state and uh, federal funds, um, that angle. Most importantly is, and I'm going to keep coming back to this, the potholes and things like that, is our corruption issue. Just like the streets, we have the potholes. In government, we also have potholes. But in government, the potholes are called corruption. And that's where our money is stolen, and that's a given fact. We can chatter, laugh all we want to, but there's a man in jail right now for $1.2 million that he stole of your tax money. He stole $1.2 million of your tax money. Now that one two, $1.2 million, you could have gone to take care of the potholes and infrastructure, but it didn't. So that's why it's so critical. We have to take the corruption on head on. And I'm, when I speak of corruption, I'm talking about a machine. Corruption is a machine. It's not an individual. It's a machine. And it's a three-part machine. There's three different steps for a check to be issued for any kind of payment throughout the city. It's a machine. So I'm taking on the machine of corruption, not an individual. Okay? Thank you.
4: Dr. Bailey. Thank you. I'll answer the question about infrastructure. Um, I had an opportunity to meet with some gentlemen from the street department, and they were able to share with me you know, what it is that they deal with each and every day, um, dealing with the uh, weather and how the temperature goes up and down in, in, the, in the state of Indiana, or as you say in the Midwest, and how when the, the temperature gets colder, things expand and they contract and potholes are produced. However, we had a discussion about what that mix entails and could it be the wrong formula? Uh, we know that there's a difference between cold mix and that the hot mix machine is turned on on a certain date but in indianapolis it's turned on on a different date and there are other states that are doing other things differently just next door in the state of illinois where i'm from originally the roads don't look like the roads in the state of indiana so maybe we're working with the wrong companies giving us the wrong type of mix we're not sure yet i haven't done that kind of research but the other thing we want to do is have partnerships and relationships with groups like the Muncie Sanitary District, and they're doing uh, stormwater separation, which deals with tearing up the infrastructure, tearing up our roads. And we wanna make sure that we do that in the right order. So if the Muncie Sanitary District has to go under the road and, and mess up the road, then the city needs to wait and take care of the street after the Muncie Sanitary District takes care of things. So as students, you know when you're either walking to class or you're coming from off-campus, you see roads that might look like they've been torn up for some reason. You may not know if it's the Muncie Sanitary District, if it's the electric company, if it's the phone company, if it's the city, or even on certain streets like Jackson or McGalliard that are state roads that get money from the state. So we're not responsible for them, but they affect us. So, it's important to have that connection and also to be educated to know how to deal with infrastructure issues and problems in our community.
5: Well, I know all of you have been out there on these roads, and it's like going across country on some of them. Jackson's one of them. There's no sense in that. Okay? I'm sure that we can get uh, a lot. Better coverage on those roads and get them built in a lot faster. There's other materials that can fill in those potholes, harden quicker, and be done with it. And I believe that uh, if we look into those materials, we'll be able to find a lot better way to fix our roads.
2: An hour ago, I met with many members of the street department. They are not pleased with their own leadership. They're not pleased with who directs them. Uh, They're not pleased with what comes out of the mayor's office. They feel uh, ashamed at times that they cannot do the things that they know could accomplish better things. So we need new leadership, and we need a mayor who will bring on a team uh, that will expedite a much more forward-thinking plan that is tied to a 10-year or 20-year plan. I mean, we don't strategically plan in the community, so we need a plan. And so that's something that's very critically important. Uh, We benefit um, from a state grant called the Community Crossroads Grant. Crossings, Um, crossings, community crossroads. I don't mean to be, it's fine. You say when you say, and I'll speak when I speak. We generally ask for about a million dollars of matching funds a year, it's a 75, 25% grant. We need to consistently apply for those funds and consistently use them. But they need to be tied to, again, a long range plan for our community, which is very critical. And we need to advocate at the state level for better policies. Cities like Muncie are getting screwed. Tax caps, legislative policies, laws by the state legislature that, um, that benefit suburban sprawl, and, and benefit rural areas cities are where the investment have been for decades and we need to continue to advocate that cities receive the benefit of tax dollars from the state um, again I want to go back to leadership I don't think anything can supplant better leadership and I think what I heard today about an hour ago an hour and a half ago was that they know that they can be led better and they know that they have ideas I think you heard the same thing that are not being heard. Thank
1: you. Good, Mr. Smith. Thirty seconds uh, rebuttal. I don't have anything to add. Dr. Bailey, rebuttal. Thirty seconds. Um, I don't have a rebuttal,
4: but I do have an apology to Mr. Dale for interrupting him.
1: Mr. Mr. Riley, thirty second rebuttal. Anything? Okay, I I really don't have a
5: rebuttal. Thank you very much.
1: And Mr. Dale, anything? Thirty seconds to add.
2: Nothing to add. All right.
1: Let's go ahead and start into our second question. And Dr. Bailey, you, you, it ended up in the right place, good. So the next question is um, about the South Side. So currently the, the South Side has um, one grocery store and there's accessibility issues with that, especially for citizens on the South Side who don't have a car. Um, so as mayor, what could any of you do to encourage uh, growth in, including you know grocery stores on the South Side?
4: Yes. Um- We've heard for many years, um, many years, that our South Side has been neglected, many years. Now as Ball State students, you may not know that, Um, but as a person who doesn't live on the South Side, I've heard that. And so there was a group that was created um, when I was at the Walker Theater uh, called the Muncie Action Plan. And there was a group of individuals that wanted to bring everyone together all throughout our community to learn about what the community needed. And it was very intentional that they took the time to interact with people on all sides of our community. And what we were finding was that we were missing, still missing the people from the south side. Was it their fault? Not at all. It was our fault. It was our fault for putting together all of the rules and saying, you come to us. We'll learn when you come to Minnetrista and get information from us. So what we are learning is that many times when we need to interact with people or work with people, we need to go to them. And so those are things that as mayor I would be doing. I would be going to them. It was a young lady who came to my office, and I shared this in another panel that we had. um, And she said, I want to do something in my neighborhood. Can you tell me what is my neighborhood association? I said well let's go to the map on the wall and she showed me the street that she lived on and she happened to live in the south side and her energy and her passion for her area says to me we need to move forward with her and we already have we've planned a meeting to come together with a group of people to talk about some of the things that they are interested in the things that they are passionate about the things that worry them the things that bother them the grocery stores are things that are important not just on the south side There are other sides of town where we have food deserts. There are other sides of town that don't have the type of economic growth that we need to have. And he just gave me the X. My time is up. Mr. Riley.
5: Thank you. Thank you very much. Actually, we have two grocery stores on the south side we have Aldi's and we have Walmart, and that's it. We have no other grocery stores there. We do have uh, Dollar General's and, and things like that. But we need another larger grocery store, and we need other businesses back there too. I um, need people to be going to those stores instead of always going up to McGalliard. And um, we need more restaurants on the south end. We need the people to visit those um, businesses also, and we need to to go to the neighborhood associations and see what else that um, we can do and what I as mayor can do to help that part of the community grow, as well as the other parts of the community too. I'm not just talking about South Side, I'm talking about all of Muncie.
2: Yeah, I I, um, I go back to strategic planning, and, and uh, we've heard about plans that have been made in the past, but those plans don't exist today. Um, those plans I'm talking about development plans, not just what Mer- Muncie Area Action Plan does or other entities, but an actual plan where we can come back and look and say this corridor will be developed, these types of businesses will be solicited, this type of achievement will be made, and we just don't have that, um, and, it's, and it's needed. It's it's needed, and without that vision of where we want to be, I mean, visually seeing it, statistically understanding it, um, without definition, I think it's really hard to convey to the community um, what could be. Now, it is a fact that a lot of Southside homeowners, people that are established in the Southside, they do procure goods and services on the Southside, but a majority of people are going north to get those things. It is a fact. It's also a fact that the homeownership rate has dramatically gone down on the South side of town so of course you're going to get that there's a a less sense of ownership and such so i want to talk about the real thing i want to talk about homeownership and what we're going to do to create more homeowners in the community Um, i believe in the advent of municipal banking as a means to promote home ownership i believe in um, uh, in uh, something called a mortgage insurance program where if we can get folks to purchase homes and agree to live there for a certain amount of time, that if they go to the per- to sell that home at a later date, that we can cap their losses if there are any losses. I believe that more homeownerships on a given block though will create more homeowners and longstanding homeownership. I also believe in forgiveness of student loans for young people who are ready to buy a home uh, to elicit them to make investments in neighborhoods that are distressed so they can be a part of the solution of bringing them up. I think homeownership is the key <coughs> to a lot of this.
3: Question. Uh,
1: uh, question about gro- uh, grocery stores, lack of grocery stores options on the south side and economic development on the south side
3: of, of Muncie. I think it's a shame we just have the Walmart and the Aldi on the south side as a grocery store. And as far as I recall, we don't have any on the east side, all the way up to the northeast, no grocery stores. Um, so those are the food deserts and we as a community have to come together to fix those maybe we can do that through some type of uh, assistance through the city for business owners maybe somebody wants to open up a small grocery store for their community that's one thing we can do we can also encourage and i have to say that you know the chain to come in like a walmart neighborhood grocery store something like that's Some things we can look into um any type of loans anything like that we can do we can work with the neighborhood associations for community gardens maybe uh, farmer's markets and things and such like that. Uh, But it is a serious problem, something we have to look into. And as a community, we have to fix that. It's not a city hall, it's a community issue. And we just have to come together on it. Thank you. Dr. Bailey, any
1: 30 seconds for uh, rebuttal? Okay. Mr. Riley, 30 seconds rebuttal of of anything? Uh, No. Mr. Dale, rebuttal of anything? No rebuttal. Okay. let's go ahead and... uh, Mr. Riley will be able to we'll start off on our third question So, <laughs> okay. Passing it back down. Third question. Um, Muncie has a, a large number of blighted and abandoned homes. Um, as mayor, what are some things that, that you could do with your administration you know, to, to address this problem?
5: Of We're going to contact the owners of those properties and let them know that they need to either fix them up or tear them down at their expense and if they don't tear them down at their expense, we'll tear them down and charge them for it. And if they don't pay it, we take the property. We'll tear it down, we'll take the property, and then we'll sell the property to somebody who does want to build on it. This is very difficult.
2: If any of us chose to build a home in Muncie, Indiana right now, Um, and went to try to sell that home five years from now, we would lose our shorts. Um, It's a very difficult proposition uh, to make serious investment in a home and get your investment out of it. If you do, it's intrinsic because you wanna live there. Um, That's the only reason that people are putting larger amounts of money into their homes or purchasing a home, or, or they're gonna rent that thing. And again, we got more rentals than you can imagine in the town. Um, and so that is a concern, I, you know, the city has attempted and, and has done an admirable job of taking drawings down It's it's started and started because of concerns One of them is there's some ethical concerns, but a lot of it is just the sheer volume It's difficult to do. I think you need to look at it um, in a geographic way and cobble together the best you can um, runs of homes uh, to make to make it worthwhile um, but again the idea of infill of another structure um, unless it's a habitat home' uh, it, it's it's really a difficult turn to make it's a tough nut to crack I guess is what I'm trying to say so we need to think we need to think long and hard about how we're going to do that I do believe in getting them down and preparing them for other investment but um, uh, they're unsafe um, we've been wasteful at the city at times about how we go about it and I think we need to have a far better plan I want to get back with the community. We need to strategically plan. We need to work with the neighborhood themselves. I'm walking the south side and the east side right now, like you can't imagine. And I'm telling you, I hear left and right, there is, you know, there's a meth house here. There's always an abandoned home that's burnt. It's not been taken down. The property owner is long gone. Um, we need to be vigilant in, in scrubbing those blights away and creating a palette with which we can paint on.
3: I'm just gonna kind of echo what they just said. Uh a lot out canvassing, you know, it's just amazed how many homes, I don't many remember many blocks that didn't walk, and there's at least one home or two homes abandoned within the city block. Uh, so it is a major issue there. I think the city's trying to do the best job they can do, but it's just such a volume. It's just it's just huge. Um, the other thing is, you know, a lot of the I think a lot of the homeowners or the property owners, many of them not even in town anymore. Uh, so we need to track them down and, and hold them responsible first, and if not, then we come back in, as I said, you do what we need to do. Most importantly, though, we need to take care you know, if we need to take the house down, let's take it down, but also have some kind of plan for redevelopment on those lots. So, have a good start.
4: I would say 30 to 50 years ago, people lived in those homes. They were places where their kids came home to, and they had family meals and fun times in the yard. And and so it's hard to see houses that that have become uninhabitable. There are several ways to deal with blighted and uninhabitable properties. Some of them um, occur through the city of Muncie, through the building commissioner's office. Some of them occur through the Muncie Sanitary District. Uh, currently, some of them are complete, being completed through the Blight Elimination Program, through the hardest hit funds. Uh, there are 209 properties, and it sounds like a lot. But you know, as these two gentlemen were sharing, you know, we have a, a, a fairly large city, and it doesn't look like it's a lot. And the dollars that my office has only uh, can handle between 17 and 24 properties a year. And again, that seems like a lot, but it's not a lot. So we have to figure out a way to work with families that have come on hard times the manufacturing jobs are gone they couldn't stay in their homes maybe their children had their homes and now they can't do what they need to do so how do we figure that out we have to work together we have to come up with creative ways to make the properties look better or to demolish them find out if they're meth houses And there's a special way of of demolishing them or cleaning them up, whether there's asbestos, um, any types of things that that might be uh, damaging to your system. So there are lots of things that have to be put into place in order to make sure that the blighted properties are taken care of. Um, We wish that we could do more at this current time. We do the best that we can with the dollars that we're allowed to spend on that.
5: Yeah, Habitat for Humanity is a very good um, program, and um, using the ha- n- not just the habitat in the community, but also the habitat here at Ball State, helping to fix up those houses. Some of them can be repaired. Some of them just need to be torn down. Mr. Daly, a rebuttal? A rebuttal to anything
2: I've heard? Yes.
1: No. Go back to uh, Mr. Dale, you will start off again. Um, there is concern in the public about corruption at City Hall. Um, what can you do, or what can any of you do as mayor to uh, make sure that your administration addresses corruption and operates ethically?
2: Sure, um, I was the first to call for what's called an ethics commission, a five member uh, group of individuals. Uh, the mayor only appoints one of those individuals, the other four are appointed by other entities. Um, and that group is an independent entity as a permanent fixture of the city of Muncie, where a concern that may come forward by a whistleblower, we'll say, uh, can be heard and can be somewhat adjudicated um, and, and then can be acted on. Uh, I think that's critical. We, we don't have that. I, I got into this uh, race for a couple reasons. One is, is long term visioning and de- defining where our, where, our, where our future is, the other was, was the unethical activities that have been happening. And we had a mayor that said, uh, Hey, I can't talk about an ongoing investigation. Uh, But he didn't say, but I know it sucks. And he also didn't follow up and say, but we're going to put in some structures to try to filter out these types of things. Um, When I didn't hear that, uh, that's when I got in because I thought we have serious issues. I I think being fully transparent in in divulging all city documents is critical in making it easy to get to Um, uh, what I would call open books and I would devise something called the Mayor's Dashboard, which at any given time, in real time, you can see where our department heads are, where those different departments are, against the goals that have been established on an annual basis of the city. And we can tie it directly back to our strategic plan, our internal plans for uh, for the city of Muncie, how it functions. Um, And I will participate at all city council meetings. I will always be there when I can, there may be an exception or two, but I will always be there no matter what the subject matter is going to be that night. Um, uh, I think it's important working with the legislative branch that the executive of the community uh, is in full view of the public um, and is represented. Thank you. Mr. Smith. Uh,
3: thank you very much. I think I'll give you my background as far as my training and things like that with the Special Investigations Unit. One thing you need to understand is corruption is a machine. It's a three-part machine. It's not an individual. Not one person can do it. It's a three-part machine. Somebody has to submit an invoice to be paid. The invoice then has to go to a second person for approval. Then it goes to another person for the check to be issued. That's for every purchase, every bill that the city, county, or the state um, issues. So it's a machine. It's not a person. Corruption is a machine. Now the machine is made up of people in the key positions so that the machine can, can continue to operate. That's the issue. That's the machine. Now, one thing you need to keep in mind is this machine that's been operational and the people that's operating the machine, they don't step foot in City Hall. The masterminds behind this, they don't come into City Hall, but they control it. I know that. I know where to go look for the parts. I know how the machine is oiled. I know how the machine operates. But most importantly, I know how to take the machine apart because that's what I've been trained to do and that's what I've done for the state of Indiana. That's my specialty. That's what makes me different than every other candidate on the Democratic and Republican ticket. Our main issue in Muncie is the corruption. And I know I keep saying that, but we just got the question about it, so I must not be wrong. What do you guys think? Our major issue is corruption. Education and jobs and all those are important. But until we deal with the corruption head on, our jobs and everything else, our grocery stores, our potholes, our tax base, nothing can happen until we take on the the, uh, corruption. Nothing, nothing. So that is my goal for number one. At the same time, build our economic development. But we have to take out the corruption first. And when I'm talking about the corruption, I'm talking about the city hall. And I'm also talking about the operations outside of the city
4: hall. Dr. Bailey. I have to say that I appreciate the comments that Mr. Dale made. I agree with him 100% about what he um, envisions for the community. So thank you for that. Um, I also have to say that I'm not a machine. I'm a woman and I appreciate uh, your comments, Mr. Smith. Um, I can tell you what I do in my office. We follow the guidelines of the U.S. Department of of Housing and Urban Development. We have guidelines that are federal. We call them federal regs. And if we don't follow those guidelines, then we have problems. We can't do what we're supposed to do. We have a three-part system already in place that we put in place in 2014, and it was approved by our state office, our field office, and also at the federal level where the person who is requesting dollars sends a a request into our office a staff person also signs off of it off on it then it comes to me i sign off on it then it goes to the controller's office they sign off on it so there are four people that are looking at a document before anything even gets paid it's also important for us to have our policies and procedures handbooks in place because HUD looks at them. They want to make sure that the new rule or the newest rule is in place, not only in place, but that we are following it. So as mayor, I understand how to follow those policies and procedures to make sure that we get the job done. But I agree with Mr. Dale that there are some things that we probably need to put in place to make sure that people are following them. They're there. We've got to follow them. And we've got to make our city work better. That's how we move forward.
5: Well, first of all, we need to make sure that there's transparency and openness. Um, yes, there's corruption. There has been. There has been for many, many years, and not just in Muncie and other cities too. But we need to form a commission to look into those uh, possibilities of corruption. I've already picked out who I'm going to have head to the head of the commission when I'm mayor. So, and he knows it. But anyway, uh, okay, it's Mr. Smith over <laughs> I'm gonna hire him to, uh, to be the head of that commission. But anyway, I'm sorry, that, that's just a fact. I believe in experts. I believe in experts and there's experts in different areas and uh, I, I do believe he's an expert on corruption. And so he, he, he's definitely uh, on my mind to be the head of that commission. Um, but yeah, looking into the different areas and um, uh, keeping open and, and keeping transparent and keeping available for people to ask questions. And I encourage you to ask questions to, to anybody who becomes your mayor. Okay, If you have a question, ask it. Why is this being done? Okay, And. Uh,
2: Any uh, rebuttal? Uh, Sure. I I guess what I can say is I I fully understand how community development works. I was the director of community development, and I was director over HUD and Justice funds out in York, Pennsylvania. Um, It's one thing to go through that process, and and you know, once the project is done, the approvals for payment. But it's another thing on the front end when you're soliciting and gaining contracts to be considered for approval. And uh, that's a whole different thing. And um, I don't know, truthfully, that that's always been followed well. Um, so I, there's again, it's one thing to get contracts; it's another thing to do the work ahead of time to make sure those contracts are actually good to be served and approved. Mister Smith.
3: No, be fine, but thank you, Mister Body, for maybe being the expert on corruption. you
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 rebuttal okay mr. Smith we'll start uh, with the next question with you so uh, the opioid epidemic continues to ravage communities across the country including Muncie Um, what could your administration and what could any of your administrations do to help fight uh, this crisis in our
3: city it's a national issue in 2015 Muncie Delaware County was number one in the state for that issue that problem it's huge. I am not the expert in it. I'll just tell you that now. I am not the expert in it, but I'm smart enough to bring the experts together and we have a round table and include everybody on this round table to, to uh, come up with a uh, plan to address the issue as a community, not just city hall, not just the mayor. It will take the entire community. We have to have partnerships to do it. And that's one thing I would lead as the mayor I would lead that partnership uh, with my office, but I would bring in the experts. We need treatment for the people. We need treatment for them. That's what they need, not jails. And coming from law enforcement, you would think I'd say jail. No, they need treatment, they need help. And that's what we must do. And we need to do that together as a community. Dr.
4: Dale, You know, many times we think that um, the opioid crisis is just for homeless people that are out on the street and you know, they don't know any better, but they're people just like you and me, our family members, people that may have had an injury and started taking medication and then got addicted to it, or people that just, their, their systems didn't take well, and so now they're addicted to these opioids. So I don't want us to ever think that you know we're above that, Because we have family members and friends that are dealing with this issue Um, I plan to put in place a restorative justice um, Institute and a council of people that will help us to find alternative ways to help our family members and our friends and our fellow students to figure out how to get past whatever the issues and problems are with regard to the addiction because I agree with mr. Smith it's not always A case where someone needs to be incarcerated because that's not going to fix the problem not at all so we have to figure out what it is that we need to do it's much bigger than a mayor I agree with that too so we have some organizations that are working together right now and putting together treatment facilities as well as their funds because again the city only has so much money but we have organizations like the hospital and Meridian Health Services and other places that are in our surrounding counties that are wanting to work with us to help us figure out how to solve this issue. It's so much bigger than us. It's not something that's gonna be solved overnight. The crack issue that happened in the 80s, we didn't call it an epidemic when it happened. We should have. We call it a crisis. It was an epidemic. It's now another epidemic and we need to get a handle of it now. Mr. Riley.
5: Thank you very much and um, Yes, it is. it is of epic proportions, and um, what we need is a treatment center here in town. We had one at one time, it closed down, I'm not sure why it was out of all hospital, but um, there needs to be some funding and maybe an outside treatment center to come in here that uh, are experts on how to deal with the different people who are addicted to different things. They're not just homeless. Um, They're not just there to just get high. Um, Like uh, uh, the other candidate said that, um, you know, they they get hooked on their pills and then they get uh, addicted and then they just keep going to bigger and better things, so to speak. And uh, we are gonna have to work together to get this crisis solved. But we definitely need an inpatient, we have outpatient treatments here. The problem is, you know, that they go to their treatment, then they turn around, they go out and they get their drugs. And maybe they don't show up for their next treatment, you know, a, a month later or a week later. You know, they lay up all week high and then they go to their, their counselor or whatever and then they go back and, but we need an inpatient treatment center to help clean them up Help educate them, and then maybe they can make a more informed decision. Mr. Dale, mm-hmm.
2: this has become a generational problem. It's being handed down from generation to generation. And uh, if we're looking at this 15 years from now, we're quite frankly in the abyss. And the neighborhoods I mentioned that I've been walking through—you know, every tenth home there's concerns at, um, whether it's Where something has been produced, or whether it's a family that's suffering from uh, from an addictions issue, uh, a family member, or more. So I do think that it needs to be handled on a regional level uh, because the network is wide um, and it needs to be looked at. I think regionally, Uh, we do need more inpatient, we need more outpatient uh, services. Um, We're very fortunate. The Family Recovery Court, which was a test pilot program uh, in a couple of locations in Indiana, is now. Here and being developed uh, in our court system, uh, which is a way to bring families back together that have gone through uh, addictions issues together. Um, we need more peer support recovery programs in our community. Um, we need uh, competition. I mean, we've mentioned, you've heard Meridian, IU Health is getting into this space, but we need to make this competitive, quite frankly, <clears throat> because uh, there's waiting lists and there's people waiting and waiting to get the help they need, and in that time frame. Uh, Failure happens, understandably. Addiction is tough. Um, so we need to handle this with compassion. We need to be assertive about what we expect in this community and how we're gonna solve this problem. And I think that this the mayor's office is what better place than to be concerned with this particular issue. Um, and I think we need a full assault on the source of these things too. We can't forget, we've gone to the side of compassion, and that's very important. We need to continue to go to the side of vigilance, of pursuit, of trying to fort the uh, availability of many drugs in our community, and so I think it's a, really a, a multi-prong uh, approach. Thank
1: you, Mr. Smith. Any thirty-second rebuttal? Uh, wait a
3: second. Okay, Dr. Bailey,
1: rebuttal. Mr. Would you like Mr.
5: Ali, any rebuttal? I just want to say that the police are doing a fantastic job on busting a lot of these places. And the sources of where they can get their drugs. Thank you.
2: And Mr. Dale, any 30 second rebuttal? On something I've heard, right? Sure. I mean, not something I've said. Can I go by myself? <laughs> 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 okay, that's, a, that's a cheap thing to do. <laughs> okay. you good?
1: Okay. good? I'm good. Dr. Bailey, we'll, we will uh, go ahead and, and start with you on the next question. Uh, Many Ball State students never leave campus um, and abandoned Muncie shortly after graduating. Graduating Many professors, not all, um, (laughs) came to to Muncie for work. Um, How as mayor could any of you address and encourage uh, professionals, either from Ball State, um, Ball Hospital, and young educated people to stay in the city?
4: There are several ways to do that. And I think what we have done as a community Is we've waited until the students get to their senior year and say oh we hope you'll stay we want you to get a job when we need to be reaching out to students when you first get here during that freshman week the two and a half days that you're here and you come downtown and we tell your parents how wonderful Muncie is we need to continue to reach out to you and have a relationship with you Um, when I was advisor over the Voice of Triumph choir we would have opportunities for the students to come to our house and and interact. I also was the advisor over um, the college ministry, and we had 60 students that we would have Bible study with on Friday night, and we would interact with the students. And so they felt like they had a relationship with people that lived in the community, because why would you wanna stay in a community that you didn't have a relationship with people? And so that was one of the ways that, that I would say is have the relationship. Same thing with faculty. When I first came to Ball State University in 1988, I was assigned a mentor. His name was Jacof Eden. I still am friends with him. He took me everywhere. He made me feel welcome. He, he helped me to understand the ins and outs of college life for a faculty member. So I wanted to be connected to the university. I wanted to stay in the community. So we have to figure out ways to keep people here, that's the that's the soft skill part. The other part is finding the right housing. Just this last week, um, an ordinance was an ordinance failed that was trying to bring market rate housing for professionals to live here in our town. Yes, there were there were houses there was housing that was about thirteen hundred dollars a month. I can't afford thirteen hundred dollars a month, but there are some people that work at the hospital or work uh, at here at the university that could afford to live in housing that um, is that much per month. So we need to find ways to have the right kind of housing for people who will want to live here, to have the right kinds of, oops, the right kinds of shopping too. Sorry. Okay. I went over my
1: time. Uh, Mr. Riley, go ahead. I'm sorry? Go ahead, I'm sorry.
5: Oh, okay. Uh, what was the question again, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: many Ball State students uh, you know, don't leave campus. Uh, when they graduate, right. they leave Muncie a lot of professionals don't uh, live or commute to Muncie, what can we do about it?
5: Okay, well, um, and I agree with the other candidates, we need to make them feel more a part of the city, a part of the community. And uh, housing is one thing, and um, just for a second here on that housing project, if I was a, excuse me, rich person, I would not want to live next to a jail. (laughs) You know, And, and I think that's why it failed. But anyway, moving on, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, you know, to, to have housing, you know, the upper scale housing in, in a better neighborhood, you know, or, or at least farther away from the jail. But anyway, um, and um, jobs. That's another thing we need to find, you know, see, see these people who are coming out and see what kind of jobs they're, they're wanting to get and make sure those type of jobs are here in the community for them. Otherwise, they're not gonna to want to stay if they can't get a job.
2: I think it's natural that students that go to a school in a community tend to leave. I, I mean, they're, they're, they've they served a, a number of years somewhere and, and it does happen. Uh, you want to attract as many as you can uh, to live in your community. We ought to be about that. but. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I do think there think that there are some things that we could do. And I think having an economic plan that recognizes what the new economy truly is is critical because students that are here at Ball State, quite frankly, students that are uh, getting vocational training at ID Tech are primed for what's called the fourth sector, which is far more high-tech, medical-oriented. Um, it's, it's many of the skill sets of, of marketing, technologies, Um, that anybody can do in most any venue in this universe. But we need to drive towards that economic plan of attracting those types of moderate to smaller sized businesses in entrepreneurship and catching people when you can. And I agree, that ongoing relationship while students are here is absolutely critical. Um, I do think that homeownership is a part of this um, uh, and attracting, I think it's presumptuous to think that a college grad is going to be buying a home immediately so we need to have a theater system uh, a natural system uh, to progress uh, into home ownership. and I think we need to have an urban vibe here which is far more robust than we have uh, but I will say this the people of Muncie are absolutely extraordinary and I think when when students meet people in this community uh, they they do strike up relationships between them and we're not lacking in the best people on the face of the earth there's no question about that I and mean, we do a good job the question is um, you know, are we talking about means or ends? Because I've heard a lot of ends here of what we'll do, but the means with which to do things are, is totally different. It's action steps, it's meaningful things that build change. And I think I've spoken about that in various programs. Thank you. Mr. Smith.
3: I agree with the others that we have to have the, uh, the relationship with the students. Uh, and, we, and I agree we should start at their freshman year and not wait until their senior year to do that. Um, economic development for the city be a big part of that and that's something that uh, I'll be rolling out my plan here in the the week on that but most importantly is um, I believe Ball State I was reading probably last week or two about Ball State's uh, strategic plan they already have in place about a working partnership with the city uh, on economic development and other issues and and through that and through that partnership (laughs) I would greatly greatly welcome them to the table and Me be present at the table, and the staff be present at the table to help implement that program and um, work together and um, build our city on as far as economic development and keep our kids here. Thank you, Dr. Bailey. Any
1: rebuttal? Uh, Mr. Riley, any rebuttal? Mr. Dale, rebuttal? You can been rebutting yourself. No, not not, not (laughs) Smith All right. So we'll go on to another question, and I think we're at. uh, Mr. Riley, Mr. Riley, sorry, I was doing so well. <laughs> anyway, so another question: um, How are you best suited to win in the general election? What are some things that you could do to pot- to heal any you know real or perceived uh, rifts in the, in the local party, and how could you, you know, how could you or any one of you carry on to to win the general election?
5: Well, um, we, we all do have to work together, especially in the general election, to show unity. Otherwise, we are gonna fail in the general election. Um, make sure that uh, the corrupt people are, are out of the party that's not in there, and, and try to get um, our, our values, and, and as Democrats, you know, A few bad apples don't spoil the whole bushel unless you just leave them there. So we gotta get them out and then um, try to um, uh, work together and... um, I think I lost the question. (laughs) Sorry. How could
1: you win in the general election?
5: Um, By getting out, getting, getting more people out, and making sure that people are voting, uh, taking to the, um, the voting polls, and, and the whole Democrat Party needs to get out there and um, be bo- beat in the bushes, so to speak, for those other people and trying to convince them that they really need to vote. That's the main thing, to get people out to vote. I
2: think the Democratic Party in Muncie, Indiana, and Delaware County is highly fractured. I think it's fractured because uh, many folks that are have been active in the party are fearful of, of going against the grain of the leadership of the party. And I think it's sad. Um, it's holding us hostage from a much brighter future. Um, so the only thing that we can do, that I know to do, is to provide a dramatic vision that is supported by actionable plans um, that reveal a much better path for people. Um, and this, and, and, and truthfully, uh, the Republicans don't suffer from apathy right now. They've got a lot of ferv. What they don't have is the numbers um, in the city of Buncey right now. Um, but uh, if things continue to go the way they go and pretty sour, even in the next couple of months. Um, that could change. So we need to remember why we're Democrats. We need to remember that we believe in good urban planning, we believe in stemming population loss, that we believe in taking the calculated risks that we need to take in order to, again, achieve our best future. And we need to be mindful again of what that North Star is and the fact that we're doing this for our children's children because we're in a hole right now and it's deep. I can win the general election. We have a plan for neighborhoods. We've got a plan for economic development sound. And we've got a plan for being highly ethical. And, uh, you know, I'm not here to turn the table over and all the pieces to fall on the floor. Um, The vast majority uh, have to agree with what someone said, that many, many people, their hearts are in the right place. But I wonder if their guts are in the right place. You know, I wonder if they're ready to go against the grain and follow the light to a much better path and get behind something that's actionable and actual platform. Thank you.
3: I'm Dave Smith and I am here to turn the table over. And I believe Jesus did that in the temple, but that's what it had to do for things to change. That's how serious it is. Now, as, a, as our party, we have to come together. And that is the plan until we turn that table over. I think that's what it's gonna take to bring us back as a party. We all have to come to the table. We all have to pay attention. We all have to have the heart to want to fix the issues within our party. We have to talk. We have to work together. We have to involve everybody. And simply put with me, we are gonna be one city and one team. One city, one team. And that's how we win in the fall. Dr. Bailey.
4: They call me the queen of collaboration. That's my my nickname. Um, This afternoon at the Rotary Club luncheon, the owner of All Yeah Comics was the speaker. And I'm a comic book geek, I am. Um, But what she said at the end of her comments today was, you know, I could be anywhere in this whole world. I could be doing this from anywhere, but I want to be in downtown Muncie. I don't know if any of you have ever been there but she says, I love Muncie, and I'm tired of people talking down about our community. There are some good things that we're doing here. Yeah, there are some things that need to be fixed, but we want to be positive. And I said, yes, yes, and it was great to hear that. So one of the things that we've done um, with regard to the campaign is that we have our own headquarters. And I know that there are some people that are saying, well, how's that gonna bring people together? How's that gonna collaborate? right now we need to win the primary and right now we need to win the general election and there are some things that i don't agree with and because those things i don't agree with i need to be in my own space making sure that things get done properly and to make sure that the right people are in the right place at the right time so my headquarters is across the street from city hall you know the colors orange and, and red feel free to stop by after four because i work but it's exciting to know that people want to make a difference. And there are some things that we don't want to do. And because we don't want to do those things, we're trying to make sure that people see that, so that in November through January and to 2020, we can start to heal. Right now, we need to win an election. Mr. Riley, any uh, uh, rebuttal? No oh, rebuttal. OK, he said no. Mr. Dale, any rebuttal?
1: No. OK. Mr. Smith? No. So we'll move on to the next question. Mr. Dale, you'll start us off, now that we've got the order back you're to us. Um, so given that Muncie is a second-class city in Indiana and a strong mayor system, um, what kind of people would you appoint uh, to, you know, as the part, what, what are the people that you would look to appoint as department heads for the city if elected mayor? Sure. Uh,
2: well, the first and foremost uh, test is that you're a servant leader. I think it's critical that people understand what what it is to be a certain leader, um, and uh, I would want that in every single of my department heads. Um, I envision um, probably some new blood at the city. Um, Majority of department heads will probably change. Um, There may be some that uh, might stay, but quite frankly, I I see a change. uh, Because the change that needs to happen um, is going to require people who buy into long-range vision, uh, and um, uh, strong interpersonal and uh, internal uh, leadership changes and staff development that I think takes a very special type of leader um, to uh, manage over individuals that uh, work hard, are pretty smart, but I believe we can uh, we can do far better. So. Thank you, Mr. Smith.
1: Can you repeat the question? Please?
2: Sure. Um,
1: Given that Muncie is a second-class city, strong mayor form of government, Uh, who are the type of people that you would look to hire as department heads in the city of elected mayor?
3: Uh, Someone that meets my ethics (laughs) right away. Um, And uh, their uh, qualifications for the job, that's what it all boils down to. Strong ethics and their qualifications for the job, it doesn't matter what party they're with or anything, it's the qualifications for the job. Can they do the job? That's what it all comes down to.
4: Once again, I agree with Mr. Dale. Um, people know that um, when I am elected, uh, all department heads will be required to submit their resignation and apply for a position. So, if there, if we have new people, there will be new people. So everyone knows that is the standard, and I'm going to complete and follow that standard. Um, My current office in community development has a standard of excellence, a spirit of excellence, and that's how we operate in our office now. And so that's how I would expect the department heads to handle themselves. And so if that's not what we currently have, then yes, they're all gonna be submitting their resignations anyway. Um, So a standard of excellence means that you need to follow the protocols that are within your department head, um, within your department head um, job descriptions or job responsibilities. And then the other duties as assigned, all department heads, even the mayor, other duties as assigned are always things that are going to be necessary to make sure that you get the job done. Um, There are staff members that are um, union AFSCME staff members that obviously do not submit their resignations that have been there for long periods of time. There are policies policies and procedures that they need to be following. Some of them aren't following those policies and procedures. In my office, they are. But some of the off- other offices they are not we want to have a standard of excellence in the entire building not just with department heads mr rowley
5: excellence and that is the word excellence uh, Going along with that is experts and i will be uh, looking for those people who are not just qualified but highly qualified and those people who I think I can trust, and that's who I will be surrounding myself with and with the department heads to be able to get the job done.
2: Mr. Dale.
3: I think I started, right? Was it? I think yeah. I started. He oh, did start, I have to do start. Can I, have add, something I yes, add
2: something? If others can add something? Yes, a seconds. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, uh, I, I would first and foremost hire an HR director that's absolutely Highly competent at what that individual does. I think that that position is very important. Uh, I would uh, create a new position uh, called the ethics officer for the city. And the ethics officer would report to nobody, but would work in, in unison with the HR department to a high degree. Um, and I think that the uh, bringing back the deputy mayor position is very important. I think that the, you know there's a lot to do, and I think that the deputy mayor. Um, could, could do a number of things that would be
3: advantageous. Okay, thank you, Mr. Smith. Any rebuttal? Uh, I would just agree there again with the deputy mayor's position, we have to have that back. Uh, the only other thing I would probably add would be very strong um, standard operation procedures, rules, and regulations, they all have to be followed.
4: Thank you, Dr. Bailey. Any rebuttal? Not really a rebuttal. But, yeah. um, I currently do most of the, the activities and work that a deputy mayor. Current, would currently do without the pay. Um, there is also an ethics commission that is in place now under the Human Rights Commission. Um, and so that Human Rights Commission has a group of individuals that are community people. I don't know a lot about it, but I do know that there is one in place. Thank you. Mr. Riley, I need no. 30
1: seconds. All right, Dr. Bailey, the last question will go to you. Um, what is the one thing would want people to say about Muncie uh, when your time as mayor is over if elected mayor? I feel so much
4: better about my community. That's what I want people to say. I feel so much better about my community. I love inviting people to visit my community. I love coming to visit my son or daughter at Ball State University. There are so many other things, great things that are happening. They're not talking about corruption anymore. Those are the kinds of things that i want people to say after my term as mayor that she was available she was approachable i have her cell phone number she came to my house she had dinner with me she held her she, her door was always open to me and those are the kinds of things that i currently do now so being accessible being available um, that's very important to me accessible to everyone many of you know that my husband is in a wheelchair and we have to have accessibility in other ways. You know, sometimes we talk about you know having students be accessible, but the, having the accessibility to City Hall and throughout our community. We want to make sure that people say, "I'm so glad that I still live in Muncie. It's a better place now." Thank you, Mr. Riley. And the
5: question was. What was the one thing? One
1: one thing that you would want people to say about Muncie, if elected mayor, what they would say after your your term is over.
5: It's come a long way (laughs) from where it was. It's come a long way, and it's a lot better. It's a lot nicer place to be, and it's a place where I would like to bring my kids and settle down. That's what I think I would like for people to say.
2: I think the one thing that I'd like to be said is that I advocated and helped to bring forward a more participatory democracy, as opposed to strictly a representational form of democracy. Uh, participatory democracy means that, that we're engaged in a way that people actually make decisions. And part of my platform, if you go to the website, you'll find something out about participatory budgeting. I won't go into it right now, but it's a, it's a good way to get people around the table to make decisions for themselves. I think that's critical. Uh, We operate in a representational form of democracy, which really works well. It's probably one of the best things in the world, right? Um, But it's an advising consent relationship. Um, And and that's good, but I want to get far more towards a participatory democracy. And when you do that, you've built trust. These questions of ethics fall to the wayside. And people feel very much a part of the solution uh, for their community. So I'd like to be known as somebody who brought on participatory
3: I think the one thing will be that uh, Mr. Smith uh, took a stand when nobody else would. He restored trust back into City Hall and back into the community, and he brought together where we are now—the one city and one team. Thank you.
1: Any rebuttal, Dr. Bailey, Mr. Riley? Any rebuttal? Mr. Daly? Any rebuttal? rebuttal? Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you. Well, we now are going to go with and. It must be getting close to my bedtime and getting all of this. So I skipped Mr. Smith and went to Dr. Bailey. So I will let Mr. Smith have the first shot at uh do a closing remarks. So you have three minutes for your for your closing remarks um, to, to end the debate.
3: Mine is just plain, simple, and just right to the point. And I think I pretty much said everything I need to say tonight. Uh, so I really don't have a lot of closing remarks, but just the bottom line, I think I've brought out what I see our city having our main challenges are. And how we need to address them. I cannot do it by myself. I'm asking you to come in for your help to help me with my campaign, and also to get me through what we can win in November. We have to come together as a community. And I'm not just saying that. We have to come together as a community, as Democrats, Republicans, Independent, or the Green Party. All that stuff has to go to the side because it's not important. What's important is that we come together as a community, address our issues as a community, and we. We just work together as a community, family, community, one team, one one city, one team, one city, one team. It's just that simple. Otherwise we can't survive. Dr. Bailey.
4: Thank you, Dr. Chad and to the BSU Dems for this evening. I think this is maybe my third time with you all and I really appreciate Um, you spending time with us this evening. Today is Ball State Day, is it not? And I've seen lots of tweets and and lots of um, giving that's happening. And yes, we want to make sure that, that we give our dollars to the university, but we need to give our time. And sometimes we forget, as a city, how we should be connecting ourselves to the university. And that is something that think that I do very well, in fact that was how we started our relationship when um, Joanne Gore was president um, and we needed to connect ourselves to Ball State University in a better way, in an intentional way, and so as mayor it is important for me to remember you, now maybe you don't get an opportunity to vote here in Muncie we want to make sure that you vote wherever you are, so please you know, please on May 7th wherever you're supposed to be voting or beforehand, please make sure you vote. But if you're here in Muncie and your address is here, I would appreciate your support. I would appreciate your time. If you'd like to help us with our campaign, our website is baileyfrommuncie.com. We're on Facebook. Um, But most importantly, if you're here, I would appreciate your vote. Thank you. Mr. Riley.
5: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me out here. And thank you for listening. Um, We need to be together, to to join together, to fight the fight. And that's the only way we're going to win. I've never been a politician. I've never done this before. And frankly, every time I get up there, I'm scared to death. But anyway, (laughs) um, we need to work together and like Ms. Bailey said, you know, to no matter where you are, make sure you vote. Make sure you encourage other people to vote. Because that's the only way we can be more more representative of the community. 19% of the people is not representation. Okay, so be sure and get out there and vote. I appreciate your vote for me. And uh, if you'd like to come out to um, help with the campaign, I have a campaign committee meeting every Wednesday night at the Senior Citizen Center. And um, I have a Facebook page. You can look me up at uh, gizmo1234 at um, att.net. There's some things on there if you'd like to take a look at them, my platform, and uh, I have some paperwork here, if you'd like to uh, get some material. Thank you. Thank
2: you, Michelle. Mr. Dale. Well, we're in a classroom, so I might as well read to you, and I hope you don't fall asleep. But this is, These are very important words to me that, that I took quite a bit of time to, to write. I pledge the following. To actively listen to our citizens and respond with truthfulness and actions which help deliver Muncie's best future. To effectively communicate information that impacts our city in a timely manner. To build goodwill and better relationships for the benefit of our city. To be willing to pursue new ideas and abandon stagnant ideas and practices that thwart progress. To support support the people of my administration by providing leadership development and trade-specific learning opportunities for the cause of professional growth and workplace contentment. To safeguard our city government by creating a permanent and independent ethics commission to oversee concerns of unethical activity in those conflicts of interest that exist. To act without delay when wrongdoing is exposed. To never ask someone to lie or accept responsibility for something for which I am responsible. To ensure that the advancement of city personnel will be based on merit, rather than tenure alone. To hold each person in my administration to the same ethical standards written within this pledge. And above all else, I pledge to be a servant leader. i appreciate your support on Mesa, thank you.
1: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to all the <laughs>
0: Alright, folks, there you have it. There were your Muncie City mayoral candidates of the Democrat persuasion all on a stage duking it out in a candidates' forum put on by Ball State University and the Ball State University College Democrats. I say that they all did a fantastic job, they were all very well received. However, I believe that we're starting to see a couple of frontrunners emerge in candidates Andrew Dale and Terry Bailey. I will absolutely tell you that I believe that we're going to see kind of an explosive campaign as the campaign season kind of ticks down over the course of the next month between Andrew Dale and Terry Bailey. And you could hear some of that kind of on stage tonight. I think it was interesting to hear what each candidate had to say. I think it was interesting to hear how... A lot of what they said is information that we heard during our one-on-one interviews. I think it was very interesting to hear what Terry Bailey had to say, and I believe that a couple things that she said might put her in the hot seat, and it might make sense, give a reason more, I guess, as to why she didn't want to sit down one-on-one with yours truly, and talk for you all to hear. Thank you for joining us this evening. As I said at the beginning, I'm going to do everything that I can to attend an event where the Republicans are on stage so we can kind of compare and contrast what they had to say versus what they said in the one-on-one interviews, as well as compare and contrast them to what the Democrats said in this event. Thank you all very, very, very much for listening. Uh, Again, early voting is underway, so you don't need a reason. You don't need an excuse. You show up at the Delaware County Building. It's on the first floor. You go in with your ID, and it should take you less than 10 minutes. Please, however you do it, early or on the day or absentee, make sure that you do vote. And uh, here coming up real soon, I'll be giving you my Democrat pick and my Republican pick for the mayoral candidates, uh, and I appreciate you tuning in and listening to this special episode, special edition of Perception Is Reality with Christopher Bilberry as we kind of move on into the professional podcasting world. Thank you all very much for all of the support that you've shown me over the last month, over the last six months. And for those of you that have been around since the beginning, thank you very, very much. God bless you all. I love you. If you need to get some information to me, if you want to tell me I'm right, if you want to tell me I'm wrong, you can do so by hitting me up on Facebook, Christopher H. Bilbury on Facebook. You can also email me at khbilbrey at gmail.com or you can call or text me as always at 765-546-9796. Thank you very much. God bless. And until next time, this has been Perception is Reality with Christopher Bilbrey and we'll see you next time.